Our guy Vagabond Johnny. Vagabond Johnny says he's going in for his first colonoscopy in about an hour. Good oh. luck, brother. How old is Vagabond? He's younger than me. I was going to yeah. say, he's he's like my age. Are you doing it just for fun, Vagabond Johnny? Or is it like... Just I, for giggles? I hope everything's okay. Johnny, I thought we still had like 20 years left. Hey, bring some... Bo- it's like 40 now. Is it... Fi- I thought it was 40 it's 50. still no, closer it's to gone 15. Down. Oh, it's, it? still, it's gone down for early detection. Here's what I want to happen. Hey, that's still closer to 15 years, RJ. Yeah, well, there you go. Hey, Vagabond Johnny, you can go celebrate um, Fat Tuesday after you have your procedure. My this, I hope this happens to him. Oh, I hope he goes in for his colonoscopy and his doctor throws some beads at him and he says, "All right, pull him down. <laughs> Show me that butt. Let's see it." And if they ask if you want the digital test, it's not as Polly, our great listener from Marinette, the digital test, Vagabond Johnny. It's not like digital, like computers and stuff. It's a finger, so it's, it's a digit. It's a digit, so be careful. Line one, who's this? What's up, boys? Hey, hey buddy! Speak, speak, of the, speak of the rectal devil, and he appears, huh? <laughs> What's up, dude? <laughs> That's great timing. <laughs> just, yeah, just got out of work. Um, I forgot to ask you guys something yesterday. This is probably a little off topic, but about the Aaron Rodgers stuff. No, you can you go off topic. We're talking about colonoscopies and Mardi Gras. It's, it's fine. Do you think that's... Um, uh, like a false flag thing. You think they're trying to p- piss him off with that? You think? Oh, just- the Bob McGinn report. Yeah, like they're throwing that out there to annoy him. So he's like, "F you," and then he's like, "I want to leave." And then everybody's like, "Yeah, get rid of him." Instead of, you know what I'm saying? Well, the report's like- hilarious because his first source is his instincts. Like my sources are my instincts. Uh, I've covered the team for decades, and people and a, a individual close to the team. It's like okay, like yeah. I can say I talk to people within the Packers, and I think Aaron Rodgers is the biggest douche ever. Like, so yeah, I can say that. I don't think that. Like, but um, I can also say I talked to somebody in the Packers. So Bob McGinn, he, I mean, he's he was a really good reporter for the Packers for a long time, and now he went off on his own. Now he's with Tyler Dunn, Ty Dunn of Go Long. If if you were to ask the uh, who the biggest Aaron Rodgers click. Like people, it's all driven on clicks, right, Polly? Like the, I wouldn't say yeah. haters, but the guys looking for the biggest drummed up, made up controversy for clicks. I would say it's Ty Dunn, Bob McGinn, and a couple of those guys. Now, Polly, with all that being said, I actually think that they're going to get rid of him, and this is the first time I've ever thought that. I also feel like they're going to trade him too, but I feel like the Bob McGinn thing's kind of bunk. To a degree. The only thing I just can't get past is why they would have given them that new huge contract. It almost feels like at this point with why how they dished out that contract so easily, they still weren't sure about Jordan Love until this season, and then they saw what they saw against the Eagles and probably in practice, and now they believe it, but that's the only thing that I get caught up on is that contract. Also, Pauly, um, do well, you think it's kind of weird that they bust that article out like when Aaron Rodgers goes to his four days of darkness so he can't say anything? Like he's literally in a dark room for four days. But to say they're disgusted with him? Yeah, you know? like that that's his, his instincts and someone close to the team. It's, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I guess we'll find out. I mean, I, maybe they paid him all that money because they thought – 
we'll give it one more year with Devontae Adams because they probably thought they were pretty close. I saw, so I mean? someone yesterday, I was talking to someone that like knows people, yada, yada, and they said that uh, a lot of it stems from uh, Brian Gutekunst in, during the season said they were ready to move on from Rodgers, allegedly. So, I don't know. Well, I'll tell you this, too. Uh, I heard Sasquatch Mike's call uh, yesterday Hell about yeah. the – conspiracy stuff i'm a big conspiracy person i mean i'm not like off the deep end conspiracy wise but like well you always gotta ask questions you always gotta keep your head on a swivel the the easiest answer is almost never the answer you know what i mean like when especially when governments are involved Oh, when governments involved you know it's the shadiest thing possible I came. I came to. I came across this thing. It says the more you research, the crazier the crazier you sound to ignorant people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But but and I wanted to leave you with this. I'll probably call back because I'm off. Love now, it. So I, you know the phone but, number, baby. But but I but I wanted to tell you. I, I I can't believe in two plus years of calling the show. I never told you this. Did you? Did I ever tell you guys my Wang was once in the Guinness Book of World Records? No, you never have. Yeah, the librarian told me to take it out though. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, I'll, I'll I'll leave you. I love you, Paulie. I'll, I'll leave you with that. Yeah, it sounds good. <laughs> oh, that's God, the, like, America. but the when you think about the Love Rogers situation, the one thing that doesn't make a ton of sense because, Liberian. you know, people can say, well, you know, sources inside of Green Bay are saying that Brian Gutekunst is done with them. Disgusted. And there were people at the Senior Bowl that supposedly Brian Gutekunst had told somebody that they were done with him. Yeah. Why would he tell anybody that? I, he loses a lot. He loses a lot of his leverage. Why would they trying to potentially trade him? Um, so the one thing we do know, he said now, like government, Paulie was just talking about shady and they lie a lot. <laughs> GMs and coaches always lie on the podium. But what did Brian Gutekunst say? I got to take him, I guess, at his face value that he wants Aaron Rodgers back. Didn't he say that after the season? Yep. And the only other thing with the contracts, it doesn't make a ton of sense why they shelled out all that money in a three-year contract just a year ago. Yeah. Unless they weren't sold on Jordan Love going into last season, and then all of a sudden, maybe it was the Eagles game or stuff in practice where maybe it seemed like it clicked more or, so, or just something, mm-hmm. because you wouldn't have shelled out that contract because if you would have kept his original contract, he would have been a free agent after what would have been the season that just ended. Yeah. So then it wouldn't have you wouldn't have had to have worried about it because he just would have walked away. Yeah. Now you wouldn't have gotten anything for an Aaron Rodgers that was just a MVP two out of the last three seasons, but you wouldn't be tied to all of this money, especially for a team that is strapped for cash in the salary cap. Yeah. So I, there's just some things that I'm hung up on. Uh, like, I think a lot of these things could be true. Like maybe they are ready to move on. You look at the contracts. This is definitely the year to move on. If you're going to do so and you want to get at least a first-round pick for him, this makes the most sense, especially with the salary cap and we yada, yep. yada, yada. Yep. But at the same time, it's like, why did they do some of the things that they did if this exactly. was their goal? Some of the stuff, well, because everything could be true about this, but there's stuff that just doesn't make Judah sense. Kuhn said, we did this deal not for one year. We did it for multiple years. I mean, he was very adamant on that. Uh, and the part that uh, that's a big red flag for me in the article is the first thing they say, in the Bob McGinn story, is that they're, quote, disgusted 
with Aaron Rodgers. You're disgusted. What? The what only, an interesting word to use. Nah, the I only mean. thing that makes sense when it comes to Jordan Love and Aaron Rodgers and this contract, if they move on from, from Aaron Rodgers and it's not this season, it would almost have to be like an under-the-table thing, right? Yeah. Where it's like, hey, we're picking up Jordan's option for his fifth year because yeah. they have to do it a week after the draft. Mm-hmm. We're going to pick it up, and this is your last all-in year with us and the Packers. Then we're getting rid of you. Disgusted. But, that, I mean, still, that's that's so crazy because the needle that you would be trying to thread is so small. Yeah. Yeah. Right, we'll talk more about it coming up. Uh, let's go back to the phones. Line four. Good morning. Who's this? Good morning, Whis- Good morning gentlemen. Wisco Chad. What's up, dude? So, so you're telling me that Bob McGinn, all of a sudden, who's been kind of an Aaron Rodgers and, like, Packers outsider, even though he's, you know, allegedly this insider and he's just always hated Rodgers, all of a sudden has the complete inside scoop. The guy's trying to make himself relevant. Dude, there's so many people running with the story, too. Like, it's, like, tr- like it's like word for word true and it's sermon to them. It's so hilarious. It's it's. Like the, immediately the red flag, they're disgusted with Rodgers. How are you disgusted with Aaron Rodgers? Like it makes no sense. Did you hear Rodgers on the Maxie show? Uh, keep my name out of your mouth. Yeah, uh, and they, they drop it right as he goes into his little darkness retreat, which is just hilarious. It just it's it's just the same old stuff. They're, he's doing it to sell papers. I'm surprised they didn't try out Jermichael Finley and Greg Jennings in the article too. <laughs> Those you know, are probably his sources. Yeah. I think Greg Jennings said that Rodgers is coming back to the Packers, though, so maybe that's why they didn't. Yeah, hilarious. Well, in the, yeah, Jennings knows absolutely nothing right. and hasn't for years. He just, he's just got a vendetta. It's fine. Oh, 100%. And that's McGinn's deal. He was a Favre lover, which, oh, yeah. I mean, I, I am too, but come on, dude. Yeah, some of those Favre guys never got over it and they just hold it over Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I, some of them, it's. It was almost all of them that were major into it. So yeah. I, I we might talk to one of them uh, Thursday at eight twenty. We'll see. Oh really? <laughs> Maybe. But you know, and it, it, here's the bigger thing: we're, we're Gutekunst is ready to move on from Rogers, but not Joe Barry. <laughs> I just told Lafleur that he was gone. It doesn't matter what Lafleur thinks. Yeah, who'd gone. you be more disgusted with, Aaron Rodgers or Joe Barry? Ugh. Joe Barry, 100%. Oh, right? Like, th- there's no way. I don't think that, uh, again, I, I, obviously he has to, you know, deal with the cap and kind of everything else. But if, if Rodgers wants to be a team player and wants to play, wants to play for the pack, I don't think the money really matters that much. I think that legacy and, like, trying to get a ring matters more. And, like, he'd be willing to re- – and he said that at one point – that if he plays, like, there's going to have to be talks on what he plays, you know, what the amount of money is for. I actually don't believe Aaron Rodgers at all when he says that, Chad. Because when you really? look at his contract, there's not a ton that he can actually do to rework it because he's taken a lot of uh, signing bonuses already, and you can only spread that out five years throughout, like, on a five-year basis. So, like, he's already spread a lot of that. So I actually don't really think there's much he can do when it comes to signing bonuses and restructuring to save the Packers as much money as, like, you know, all of a sudden it's like, oh, he just saved him $20 million. It wouldn't be like that. It would be, like, a smaller amount and a less impactful amount just due to some of the signing bonus and restructuring rules. But... He could walk in there and say, well, you know, my contract's worth 60. I'll take 20 
that's the only thing that he could really do to save them a huge chunk of money at this point. I just don't believe that until I see that because Aaron Rodgers has never done that before. So I'll believe it when I see it when he walks in and says, "Yeah, get mark me down for twenty mil instead of 60. Well, it, you know, part of it too is he, he wanted to be respected, and that was true. What he was respected last year. They signed the contract. He, he got his money. He he got paid well last year. He got the signing bonuses. Yada yada yada. At this point, like taking a little bit of a concession to win is something he should look in the mirror like Brady probably could have won another Super Bowl had they had even more money to get another guy Um, or, you know, like strengthen up that team a little bit more. But Brady took the money this time around. Brady's had enough Super Bowls. That's what he's like. I think I've had enough. I'll take the money this time. (laughs) Well, he knew he was getting divorced. He had to pay for an attorney. (laughs) You know. It, it is what it is. But, you know what, I'll leave you at this. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, did I tell you guys I used to work in a pickle factory? No. no. Is this going to be like yeah, a poly joke? joke? All right. Uh, no, pick- yeah, yeah. You used to work. Job. I worked in a pickle factory. Yeah? Well, tell me more. Well, I, got, I got fired. I got canned from the pickle factory <laughs> for putting my dick in the pickle factory. <laughs> well, they, they fired her, too, so it's not as terrible <laughs> What is happening? I love it, though. Let's go, Chad. Um, I'm, I'm glad it didn't have a blemish on your resume for your job now. I will see you guys. <laughs> Relish in it. See you, buddy. Grant Bills of the Wisco Sports Show. Good morning, my friend. Thanks for waiting for the phone call. Uh, Terry had some words in his T- Take more phone calls, he says, Grant. <laughs> I take phone calls basically all night, every night. But Terry, I think Terry's confused. It's fine, though. I enjoyed his call. I enjoyed Rowdy's story about Dave from Monona. I didn't expect that this morning. Very well told, Rowdy. I love a good, uh, detailed, filled story. And then Dave's rebuttal as well. So, no, more than happy to wait. Grant, uh, just, uh, twenty minutes. Thank well you so worth. much. We uh, and thank you so much for pivoting and being able to be you know flexible with your schedule. So we thank you for that and joining us on these fine Tuesdays. Grant, uh, how is everything, man? What's good? How was the weekend? Uh, you doing anything for Fat Tuesday tonight too? Uh, I I didn't even realize it was Fat Tuesday. This weekend was really nice. We did Valentine's Day uh, a couple days late. No, nope. so we did Valentine's Day on Saturday. That was very nice. Went out and had a. And not a fancy meal. You know, you know, we're plain people, but, you know, went to a, a little nicer place. Oh, boy. Uh, gave some gifts and, you know, did that, that whole thing this weekend. And then watched a little bit of Daytona yesterday. Oh, see, we're trying Daytona to find NASCAR. We're trying to get into NASCAR and, like, I don't know the rules or anything. I just I just turn left. I'm like, I'm trying to find a driver. I, I may have settled on Frankie Muniz, who is an aspiring NASCAR driver. Do you have a driver? Yeah. My guy's Denny Hamlin because my dad worked at FedEx for a long time. So we're a, we're a FedEx household. <laughs> hell, hell yeah, I love FedEx. Oh hell yeah, yeah. Grant, all right. Um, let me ask you because you, um, I would say when it comes to the NBA, you're our biggest NBA guy. Um, Giannis Antetokounmpo. How now? They say he avoided serious damage because he went to a specialist. Uh, you know, in New York yesterday. My question for you is this. If the Bucks were so concerned about it, why did Giannis then be allowed to play, albeit 20, 30 seconds, in the All-Star game? Like, how nervous are you about this wrist injury for Giannis? I don't think they were that worried about it. I don't think Giannis was that worried about it. I think the New York thing was, like, almost 100% precautionary. I think they were pretty sure it was fine, but it's the All-Star break, so you have them see a specialist and, and, you know, make a plan maybe for the next couple of weeks on on how to get him back to full strength. I, I wasn't worried at all. I thought it was nice that Giannis was active. He was on the bench. Even if he wasn't playing, he was a part of the all-star festivities. He could have just not shown up. 
Uh, but I think the All-Star weekend was a lot better for, for his being there. So I, I appreciate that from him. I don't think it was ever that big of a concern of the Bucks. I just think they have a week off, so he was sent to see their specialist. I yeah. think that's about it. Yeah. Um, you know, what are the Bucks? A half game on a first place of the Celtics coming up here. Um, have we even seen this team be at its best? I mean, you haven't had Chris Middleton when you did. It's at 15 minutes. Uh, you have uh, Drew Holiday kind of carrying the load. you got Giannis now with uh, a couple injuries here and there. Uh, Jay Crowder is yet to, you know, get in the lineup. Like, have we seen this true team yet? Or are they just kind of waiting in the weeds so the playoffs come around? No, I mean, Middleton's not back to 100% yet. Bud said it last week. He's like, yeah, it's taking a little bit. I, I don't know. I'm a little worried. A little, a little worried about Middleton and how he's coming along. Drew Holiday's been as good as I've ever seen. Brooke Lopez has been as good as I've ever seen. I think Giannis still has a little ways to go this season to play his best basketball. But no, as a team, no, I, I don't think we've seen their best version of themselves. And they're, what, a half game out of first place? Yeah, it's crazy. Record in the East it's crazy. In the NBA? Yeah, it's wild. Hey, speaking of best basketball, what do you think of the All Star festivities over the weekend? I saw you tweeting out that uh, um, the people that you know poo poo and and talk smack about the All Star game must be pretty fun at parties. What do you think of all the fest- the festivities that were had? Did you see Vin Diesel's speech? What was that? Did you see Vin Diesel's speech before the game? Yeah, yeah, what? dude, that was, was bad. It was exactly what I thought it would be. Um, All Star weekend is ridiculous, and for the most part, it's not worth watching. I watched the three-point contest at a bar while we were waiting to be seated for dinner uh, because we took forever to go out and then obviously didn't make reservations. So we were sitting at a bar just watching my guy. I really like Tyrese Halliburton. Kevin Herter was fun to watch. The three-point was good. Skills competition's dumb. Dunk contest is whatever. I watched probably 10 minutes of the game on Sunday night, and that was it. Good for Mac McClung. Good for Mac McClung. You'll never hear of that guy again. You'll never hear of that guy again, ever. Do you know who his uncle is? Yesterday, I... Uh, Seth McClung, yeah. apparently. Yeah. I didn't think that was real. No, it's real. Oh, it's real. Trust me. Ready? He actually brought it up when we interviewed Seth McClung a couple years, maybe two, three years ago now, when Mac McClung was at Georgetown. Yeah. Seth McClung's trying really hard, and dude. He was like pressing super hard to get tickets for the game against Marquette in Milwaukee. Yeah, and now he's pressing super hard to get shoes from Puma because that's what Mac McClung is wearing, but his nephew like won't help him out. It's hilarious. Anyways. Well, I appreciate that, you know, Seth McClung is looking to get his as the uh, the original, excuse me, professional athlete in his family. I was a little <laughs> bummed by Ben Kenny because I texted him and I said, Ben, your guy, your Philly man, your 76er won the dunk contest. And, you know, Ben, I didn't feel anything. He just got here. He oh, yeah. I, ben just he, hates I, life. I don't care about the dunk contest. It just poo 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 poo. That, that's what I got from Ben, which I guess is understandable. He's not really. He is Eeyore. He is actually. Eeyore. I, he, the, the man needs a jolt of serotonin or something. He needs. He needs something to defend Ben. My takeaway from the NBA weekend though was like Seth McClung or not Seth McClung. Mac McClung <laughs> did something and won like a dunk contest, and Giannis's yeah. wrist is okay, and that's all I gathered from like NBA All Star weekend. And Giannis, oh, you really Giannis looked pretty fly in that, uh, that like, white trench kind of coat thing he was wearing. Like, Grant, we got here on Monday, and I had to ask Ebo, well, who won, like, some of the skills competitions in the three-point contest? I didn't even know. I think Damian Lillard won the three-point contest. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. it's fine. You didn't miss anything. I guess my frustration was I had to listen to a lot of sports talk yesterday. And not your guys' show, but, you know, I, I, I flipped the dial around. What are they talking about in Green Bay? What are they talking about in Milwaukee? What are they – and it's all, you know, the all-star game. It's the, oh. it's the worst thing in the world. It's a human rights violation that these guys don't try and kill each other in this game and, and don't risk injury for our entertainment. It's like, oh, <laughs> my 
God. Yeah, it's it's so. such an annoying topic. Like it's like name your top four Mount Rushmore sports movies. Derp, derp, derp. It's like, yeah. Okay, cool. Wow, well done. Yeah, you're great. Hey, Grant. <laughs> uh, speaking yeah. of, uh, let's see here, your top four movies. How about Four Days of Darkness? Aaron Rodgers about to emerge on the other side. How sick of you are this story? Like, like, can we like fast forward into what happens here? What's your gut say? Is he going to be a Packer? Is he going to be traded? Is he going to retire? Is he going to go four more days of darkness to figure it out again? What do you think? Well, let's do the darkness retreat thing because I'm actually excited to talk with you about this. I want to if do it. I, I think had, we should. We, you, we should do it. If I had time and money to do this, I would absolutely try it because I think it would be nice. You get away, you get some quiet. I, absolutely. The annoying thing for me is when, when Rodgers announced that he was doing this, you know, McAfee and Hawk, they asked him all these questions about it, and it turned into a big thing, and like, okay, kind of rolled my eyes. But, but like, people haven't stopped talking about it. And it's so lame. The jokes are so lame, and the bit is so oh, dead. If I have to hear, like, the groundhog, so what happens when he comes it. out and he sees his shadow? If I have to hear that again or oh, see that again, I'm like, oh, like you, listen, I know you, when people that tweeted out, it's like, I know you've seen this joke already, like, regurgitated many times on Twitter. Why are you doing it again? Yeah. Like, it's not, it's, it's, it wasn't funny to begin with. It's not funny now, but whatever, you know. I can't gatekeep Twitter, you know, so... No, but you can gatekeep humor, especially Aaron Rodgers' humor. I, I feel like you're on the forefront of, of Rodgers' support and, and analysis of stories like this, Ebo, which is why I was excited to start. We're a dwindling, we're a dwindling population, Grant. The Aaron Rodgers supporters, we're dwindling quickly. Well, yeah, I, I, like I would do a darkness retreat. I don't really blame Rodgers for doing it. Everyone else kind of turned it into a thing, which is why it got annoying as hell. Yeah. I hope he comes out and he's feeling great and the Packers and him can settle whatever they need to settle. I, I don't know. But the longer it takes, I said this on my show yesterday, the longer it takes, I think other teams are just looking at this and like, this is just a lot. You, you, the Packers and Rodgers, you guys are always going back and forth about something. We're just going to sign Derek Carr or we're just going to try to trade for someone else because I, I just, I don't know. It's like that couple that you know that's in your friend group and they're always getting too drunk and they're just fighting in front of everyone and they're always a thing and it's annoying. And it, that's the Packers and Aaron Rodgers. And I think the longer that this uncertainty goes on, the rest of the league is worn down by it. So if a trade is what Rodgers wants, and if that's what the Packers want, I would, I'd recommend maybe doing that sooner rather than later before the rest of the league is like, we're, 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 not, we're not buying into this, this whole darkest retreat business. This Rodgers trade feels so different to me, even though you know everyone compares it to the, the Brett Favre, to Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, to Jordan Love. It feels yeah. different because I, I'm a Rodgers guy. I think he's great, but at the same time, it makes sense. To move on from him right now, financially, uh, salary cap wise, age, well, a lot of different reasons make sense to do it yeah. now. And I, but the one thing that I, I don't think it'll be the same for me is I was still cheering for Brett Favre. If if the Packers couldn't win, I wanted Brett Favre to win it. I think if Aaron yeah. Rodgers went to the Jets or you know wherever, it'll just be like You're not eh, I'm indifferent. I'll be like, eh, hope he's. Okay. I hope he does well, but it's not like I'm all in rooting for it. Well, you grew up watching Brett Favre, like you had that nostalgic factor. Hey, Grant, if you want to do a darkness retreat, so Rogers, the four days, it's, it's supposed to simulate DMT. Just take five grams of mushrooms and put a blindfold on and the noise canceling headphones. Mm. There's your. The, you'll get it done in like six to eight hours, twelve max. You don't have to wait four days. Or you could do it in like ten minutes, Grant. You could lock yourself in a room with. I don't know, someone like Charlie, and I'm sure the that's, 10 minutes will drive you crazy, too. That's horrifying. That's <laughs> well, just terrible. Hey, 
Google, yeah. are we speaking yeah. of... Yeah, yes, yes, go ahead. I was going to say, well, you said who has eight hours to do that. Well, you got to make sure that you, you set aside some time for your day. Like, start it earlier in the day, because if you do it later at night, this is what my friend told me, if you do it later at night, you'll be up to like 4 a.m. and won't be able to sleep, so... Um, speaking of being up till 4 a.m., we're going to a concert next week, aren't we, friend? Yeah, Tuesday, right? Yeah. Bob yeah. Weir. I'll have, to come, I'll have to come down. Are you stay, you stay uh, in the night, right? And if I'm in studio until 6, right up until the beginning of Kenny Halpern before the show, that means I will be forced to see Zach Halpern in the flesh, which I always enjoy very much. So that's another silver lining of that day. Well, Grant, I have uh, good news for you. Zach Halpern's coming up next, right after this no! commercial break. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, baby. What a great morning. It's a fantastic hey, morning, isn't Harry, it? Harry, King of the North, Will Grant, Bulls, Will Zach Kyle, and this is 8 o'clock. And then we have the fishing expo at nine, uh, guys at 9.30. Oh, you know I love a good fishing. You know I like to, to wet a line. You know me. Oh, you got to wet the line. Grant, we love you, buddy. We'll check out the night, 4 to 6. Breaking. Just announced. On the North America 2023 tour. Guns and Roses. Coming to the Midwest, Wrigley Field. There you go. Guns N' Roses just announced on tour. Rowdy, you want to go see Axl Rose slash? Welcome to the jungle, Ebo. This is Ben Kenny and Zach Halpern's favorite song. More or less Ben Kenny's. Same with Jim Rome. Zach Halpern, speak of the devil. What's up, brother? What's going on? You ready for a Guns N' Roses? Ready for the experience? I don't know what that is. Zach, I'm going to watch you bleed. It's Guns N' Roses, baby. I've never heard any of that stuff. I've never, I didn't know, I didn't know any of that. You're not a music guy, are you? You, I'm not. I've never heard of Guns N' Roses. You've never heard that song either, right? Nope. Despite Ben playing it for your first ever Kenny and Heilprin, I think you might have blocked it out of your memory, right? I don't recall. I mean, um, I think Ben's listening to it right now. I think it's the only song he ever listens to is Welcome to the Jungle. <laughs> for somebody that uh, it's, it's hilarious. It was hilarious in the moment because for a guy who does the Bill Michaels show and the exact program that comes on after Bill Michaels is Jim Rome. Kind of hilarious. It is very funny. I think it seeked, uh, it soaked into his subconscious. He just he just yeah. wasn't too sure. All right, so um, hey, we'll do a zone trip. All it. of us go to Wrigley and we'll watch uh, Guns N' Roses. I will say he found a great song to replace it. I don't know the name of it, but it's it's a great song to replace. So, uh, Dropkick Murphy song. Uh, yeah, whatever. Hey, Zach, my man, Zacharias. We had a mm-hmm. very interesting phone call um, uh, right before Grant Bills of the Lisco Sports Show, by the way, had joined us, and it was that big fan of Grant. Big fan of Grant. Yeah, when's the last time you were on the Wisco Sports Show, by the way? It's been a minute? Months. Yeah, months ago. Same. That's it's, been dis- it's, it's, it's a little disappointing because um, I always love to talk NBA with Grant. So, um, you know, oh, not yeah. being able to do that is, is really, really rough. Well, well, I think he's still listening, so hopefully he's writing down some notes. But we yeah. had a phone call before Grant. It was our guy Terry, the King of the North, who he's got this brain trust. Uh, they meet in the Westport, North Madison area. And uh, they were in on it not being Jim Leonard, not being head coach. It was going to be someone else who was going to shock everyone. We all laughed at him. We called him names. It was funny to us. And then Luke Fickle was announced. So, I mean, I'll give him a little wink and a nod for that one. But he just called in before Grant and said that his sources, his brain trust, 
is already talking about the AD making phone calls for a new Wisconsin men's basketball head coach. My question for you, Zach, is not about the phone call that Terry is proclaiming is being made. It's Is Greg Gard's job really in jeopardy? What, losers of nine of their last 13, which is crazy to say? I think, if any, I think after what happened in October um, and then obviously what happened in November, I will never say never to anything. Yeah. So I'm not going to sit here and say it's not because – uh, we, we saw what happened that Chris McIntosh uh, is working from a different playbook than uh, previous Wisconsin people that are that were leading this. So I'm not going to say no. It just feels like a different situation. So I'm I'm going to say it feels unlikely, but you just never know. Uh, there's four games left. If they win, what three of them, which I don't think they're going to do, um, you know they're probably in the tournament. Uh, or at least right there on Selection Sunday. So it's a nice tournament. He's not getting fired. Yeah, well, uh, right now, like Bracketology, what Joe Lunardi has him as the first four in. It's actually a play-in game against Clemson. Last the, four in? Uh, yeah, sorry, uh, last four in. It's a play-in game. They're an 11 seed against Clemson. And the other ones in their same, like, last four in is Kentucky and North Carolina, which is cr- uh, crazy to say, like, those teams right there. Kentucky, North Carolina, Clemson, and Wisconsin. So, I, I mean... Three blue bloods right there. Uh, yeah, I saw, uh, like, a, a week or two ago, they included in Wisconsin as a blue blood in trouble of missing yeah. the tournament. I was like, okay, we'll take it, I guess. But, That's I mean, amazing. what is it? Is it truly, like, there is not... Is there a number one on this team? Is there a guy, like, a... When I say like a Johnny Davis, I know that's, you know, he's in the NBA, yada, yada. Like, is there a guy that can take over? I mean, we saw a siege and do it for a little bit, right? But he went cold. Chucky Hepburn has been non-existent. Like, what's going on with this team? A siege more often than not can't create his own shot. He needs help to get open, and he had a ton of open looks. I I will – I don't know um, what it is sometimes with these guys. I I know they can – we've seen them be able to shoot at times, and yet in the second half – especially like the last 10 minutes of a second half, it falls apart and it just doesn't make a ton of sense. We've seen all these guys make plays. We've seen them all make shots and it just seems when crunch time comes, they're not able to get it done. Um, and it's not always shooting. Sometimes it's been not being able to get a stop. Sometimes it's been um, not hitting open shots. Sometimes it's been stupid mistakes, um, you know, turnovers or, uh, miscommunications. It just feels like it's something different all uh, more often than not, but really it's the inability to put the ball in the basket when they absolutely have to. And they've had so many opportunities. When you think back to Northwestern game and obviously the couple of shots they got at the end of the Rutgers game, um, it's just, it's an offensively challenged team, yeah. even though they do have some guys that can actually shoot the ball. It's it. The ridiculous part of it is their inability to shoot from within inside the uh, three-point arc. I mean, they are one of the worst two-point shooting teams in the country. And um, a guy like Tyler Wall, who was shooting 57% on two-pointers last year, is now shooting 42. Like, that pretty much encapsulates Wow. Probably one of does the that all coincide with the ankle injury? It doesn't, no. He wasn't playing well before. Oh. Um, he was in the 40s before the ankle injury. Um, so I'm not... That, that was probably 49 down to 42. Jeez. What'd you say? I'm saying that was probably like 49 down to 42. Cause yeah, it's been brutal, even more brutal since the ankle injury. I mean, it, yeah. And I think he won't say this, but I think he's struggling with confidence too. Um, I think some, I think several guys are, but it seems like Tyler definitely is. It just, yeah, he he it felt like he had such a soft touch around the basket last year. And again, there was, a, there's a lot more double teams coming his way. Teams are being a lot more, um, physical with them and they're not necessarily buying any of the pump 
the 13 pump fakes he throws up. So there are, <laughs> I think that all plays a, a factor in that, but yeah, he just, all these guys, two point percentage are down from last year. And some of them, the ones that were not good last year, like Chucky was in the forties last year, he's in the thirties this year. It's just, well, you have to be better uh, around the basket. They just haven't been. Well, I mean, and the farther you go out, the more likely it is you're going to miss. Like, I mean, that's just common sense, right? Like, think so, but he's shooting better from outside than he is from inside. But well, Wisconsin, and this is crazy to me, as I was reading your article, I'm on your Twitter account right now, at Zach Halprin, to get the you know the the complete verbiage. Wisconsin broke the school record in Big Ten play for three pointers attempted for a game at 36, and yep. had, at uh, one, in one half they had 22. Like yeah. it live by the three, die by the three. You're gonna die if you keep doing well, that. I mean, I, I mean, I, I look at what Rutgers. I mean, Rutgers is a little bit different just because the way that they they play. They were not. They were not going to let you know Stephen Crowell and Wall have their way inside. Like it wasn't just going to be one on one, not a ton of one on one stuff. Mm-hmm. So they were throwing doubles and Wisconsin moved the ball really, really well and got some wide open shots for some good shooters and Chucky and. Connor Seijin and they didn't go down. I think they. I think those two went combined two for fifteen from three. Thanks. Um, you would you would think it'd be easier to shoot from inside, you know, the three point line. But for those two guys who have been in the forties, mid forties, high forties from three point range, pretty much all year, um, you know, those are shots that you continually take. And I, I have to imagine it's been extremely, extremely frustrating for Greg Gard, um, who we all yell at, like, why? Where's the offense? can't do this you can't do that all you can do is get guys open looks can't make the shot for them and um on saturday they didn't make the shots that were wide open now there are some games where i think it is definitely all right to yell and bitch about greg guard and some of the things that he's done but then there's some especially in this stretch over the last month where it's like man you really can't argue much badgers had wide open shots and they just couldn't buy a bucket and I think that's the most frustrating thing because you look at them, the majority of their losses, they're single-digit losses or overtime losses or losing by a bucket. It's like if they could have just figured one thing out, you have so many more wins. I think they've played more close games than anybody else in the Big Ten. I think they played 17 games decided by single digits uh, this year. And I think the stat was yesterday, I heard yesterday, it was like that's 10 more than any other Big Ten team. Wow. Um, I, I don't know if that... I don't know if that's accurate or not. I'll have to go back and look. Um, but sounds right. I, go with it. Yeah, I uh, the Northwestern games are ones that come back, right? Mm. Um, Wake Forest, shot, some wide open shots. Yeah, Wake Forest is what it is. It's that's November. They were playing good basketball back then. They just couldn't get a stop. They're def- defensively just could get out, could not get a stop. That's not the one. That's not a game that I'm looking at. Like you would like to have it now. Obviously, you'd love to have the Kansas game right now have that in your back pocket to be able to say, Hey, look, we beat Kansas back in November. We have that, that went on our, on our and they probably should Nebraska on the road. Yeah. Nebraska. No, Nebraska on the road. You blow a 17 point lead. Uh, Northwestern, you lose by a combined five points to a team who is now just a game out of first place in the big 10. There are a lot of close games. You're like, gosh, one more shot, one more stop. And you're not in the position you're in right now. And, yeah. and we wouldn't be talking the way we're talking right now. Hmm. Zach Halpern, our sports director, joining us right now. Uh, it is tough, Zach. But if people want to dive more so uh, into it all, uh, I highly recommend what the camp, or I'm sorry, the swing, excuse me, also the camp for Wisconsin football, and Kenny and Heilprin, which you got one coming up here tonight from 6 to 7. Uh, is the excitement running high to uh, hang out with Eeyore in studio here? I'm oh, sorry, Ben Kenny. <laughs> 
Well, the fantastic thing about Kenny and Heilprin is we don't have to focus on Wisconsin basketball. We can talk about Wisconsin basketball for about 10 seconds, and we can spend the other 40-plus minutes talking uh, about what has people excited about Wisconsin football, which is uh, a lot. So that, that, well, that's the benefit of Kenny and Heilprin. I, uh, ben sent me some of the topics we're going to talk about tonight. Can I guess uh, one of them? Topics we're going to talk about tonight. None of them were basketball-related. Can so. I guess one of them? Sure. Jim Leonard interviewing for the defensive coordinator position for the Philadelphia Eagles. Yep, that is one of them. Ah, yeah, I knew it. He's he he's probably going to be in a good mood tonight. He's going to be like a little giddy schoolgirl thinking about Jim Leonard being DC for the, his Eagles. I kind of like the fit for him, but I also kind of think it'd be hilarious if they gave it to somebody else after Ben got so excited about it. <laughs> it is funny seeing him with pain and misery on his face. Yes. But after, like what after, when he yeah, after a while, though, it gets a little old. It's like, all right, dude, it's time to move on. Like, you can only be Eeyore for so long. You got to, you know, turn the frown upside down eventually. And, Zach, uh, before I let you go, um, can't wait for us to, you know, go down to Wrigley Field to have our uh, Guns N' Roses zone staff party. But, Zach, any word on Aaron Rodgers? Has he emerged from the darkness yet? Have you heard anything? I feel like you have the alerts for that. I, I'm just... I'm just waiting for it. You're sitting in the dark uh, like he is? It's a blackout over I, here. Yeah. yeah, I don't... Uh, yeah, I just... Yeah. I, you're keeping tabs on that for me. I'm, I'm, trying. You're trying. I'm trying. You're my breaking news guy when it comes to that. Uh, I don't have anyone close to the sources for this one. I, I wish I had a guy, you know, you know, close to the the door with his ear there to see if Roger's going to emerge or not, but I've, I got nothing. I got nothing, dude. Yeah. yeah. So, we'll see what I got happens. you. I got you. Zach? No, I, uh, I mean... What, what do you think he's going to do? I think he's going to emerge uh, a somewhat changed man with perspective of the universe as it is and then play for a different team. <laughs> <laughs> what are you, Rowdy? Does he try to pull a Carson Palmer? <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Zach? Are we going to go bake groceries? What do you think, Zach? I think, uh, yeah, I think he's gone too. I think he's gone too. I think he wants to play and he's going to play somewhere else. What if he just pulls the card of all cards and he's like, Yep, I'm done. Yeah, Walking away. Tires. Walking away. That would be just fine with me. I too. mean, four days I'm of fine. darkness. You can. You, there's a lot of time to think about a lot of things. I'm fine with whichever uh, thing he decides. I just want him to decide and be done with it. And uh, we can we can push this off until next uh, January and February again. <laughs> hey Zach, we're pushing you off right now into commercial break. We love you, buddy. All right, guys. Much love. There he is. Bye. Check him out tonight. Kenny and Alpert, six to seven. <laughs> Yeah, late last week, an article came out about the San Diego Padres and small market baseball. And obviously being Brewer fans, that's kind of where the Brewers fit in is a small market, one of the smallest markets in Major League Baseball. But San Diego also is one of the smaller markets in professional baseball. They're the 25th market in baseball. So when there's 30 teams, you're quite small. Yeah, They're down there. Now... History would tell us and MLB ownership and and league officials would tell us that small market baseball teams cannot spend the same type of money that the Dodgers, the Yankees, the Red Sox, the big boys, the the blue bloods can spend. They just can't do it. You know, you shell out one big contract and if the guy stinks, you're screwed. Like... That's, that is what has been sold Brewers? to the fans and especially the fans of small market teams for like ever. Yeah, we don't we can't afford that. We don't have the money for that. Now, we can't do this. 
this article came out late last week, and it was in, I, I believe one of the big places it came out was in the San Diego Union Tribune. Mm-hmm. Uh, San Diego. Now, like we said, in Major League Baseball, there is revenue sharing. So if you are a Yankees, to try and help out those smaller markets, they came up with this a while ago where... You know, if the Dodgers spend this amount of money, they got to pay into the MLB, you know, revenue tax. And then some of that gets uh, chopped up and sent to the smaller markets. Yeah. So the Brewers would get some money technically from the Yankees and the Dodgers. So it, it would help them stay competitive. Okay. Now, why I bring up the Padres and why this article is so interesting is because the Padres had a new ownership takeover and it's it was two guys. They bought the team in 2012 and they kind of went back and forth about what they wanted to do, spend money here and there, you know, really strip it all down and have like a quadruple A team with triple A players and maybe some young players and see what happens. Mm -hmm. Then if you remember, like in the late 2010s, they spent some weird money where they shelled out a lot of dollars to Eric Hosmer and, and players like that, sure. which kept them somewhat relevant, but they were never a great team. Yeah, they were just, It was okay. either when they stripped it all down, they were a terrible team. And when they spent some of that bigger money shelling out contracts, they would be like that 85 win team. They never could figure out how to get over the hump. Sure. And they were trying to stay within the parameters of shelling out one or two big contracts, kind of like what we've seen with the Brewers in the past. Mm-hmm. Well, they hire the CEO in 2020 Eric and Gruppner. him and the two owners sit down and they talk about strategies and how they can make this ball club better and how they can turn it into a winner. And they come up with shelling out a ton of money, <gasps> getting your revenue up through sales, whether that be uh, tickets your concessions and, yep. and beverage, all that type of stuff, merchandising. Yeah. Uh, it's any way to even, make money. Yeah, even like for the local businesses that want to sponsor. Yeah. Well, they run with this idea in 2020, and they kind of, starting in 2019, they really stripped the roster down. They had some young players like the Fernando Tatises in the minor league system that they thought had real talent, but they really stripped it down. In 2019, they were 29th in payroll. Oof. Then they decided to go on a spending spree when this CEO comes in in 2020. And now you've seen they've shelled out huge contracts to Tatis Jr. Yeah. They traded for Soto, shelled out a huge number there. I mean, they're making, they just signed Xander the Bogarts, Bogarts to a huge deal. They traded for Josh Hader. They're shelling out the money. They have good players. I almost forgot they signed you Darvish in the last yeah. couple of years. They went out and signed Joe Musgrove, who's a really good NL all-star pitcher. They've went out and made big-time moves, brought in some big-time players, and paid some big-time money. And why this article is significant is because for the first time, based on their 2023 revenue, the fifth smallest market that is now spending the third most in baseball coming into the season mm-hmm. will be paying into the MLB revenue sharing for the first time ever showing that they are having such an increase in not only tickets and sales and revenue coming in that they are now able to pay in crazy to this, which we were told was never possible. Yeah. Like we were told you couldn't possibly do it. All small small markets maintain this like running high payrolls isn't possible for them. 
But now the Padres are paying into the revenue. And it was something that no one had ever done. It was almost similar to like on the field with Moneyball stripping it all down, trying to go by analytics. It takes risk. But that's the thing. This is what I gather from it. All of these owners, they clearly have a ton of wealth to afford a franchise. Yeah, you're not poor if you own a franchise. Clearly. But some of the owners are clearly more wealthy, like the Steve Cohns of the world, than Mark Ananasio, just by net worth. Yeah. But we were always told, yep, those guys can't compete. Well, these guys are nowhere near. It's multiple owners. They're nowhere near as wealthy as Steve Cohn either. They did it. And it, and it worked. And there's risk. But that's the other thing. All these guys that can afford to buy a professional baseball team, you tell me one person that's been successful, whether it's in business, radio, risk, yeah. sports, that never took a risk. Even if it's risk. just the local guy that owns his own electrician, he's electrician, owns his own company. Yeah. He took a risk at some yeah, point. He had to take a he risk. He had to. If, they ne- if no one ever took a risk, there wouldn't be these guys that were no, rich enough to buy teams. I think a lot of these owners took their risks in business or whatever it is, how they made their money, and now they get this cash cow with the franchise, which is a major league baseball team. And then they're fine with just printing money. Easy. Yeah. It's because e- it's easy to be safe so, and uh, still collect money. So Petco park now is, has the highest uh, in 2022 was the highest it had been since the stadium for attendance opened in 2004. And they say it'll be even higher in 2023. In fact, they had to cap off uh, season ticket sales to leave enough single game seats uh, for fans that wanted to come in. And they're, they're they have record revenues now coming in because why? To make money, they spent money. To spend money, you got to make money. To make money, they took money. a risk in 2020 and it worked. Yeah. And we were everyone. And now the funniest part about it spend is because money make money. all the owners that took risks in their personal lives with their personal businesses that are now sitting on these cash cow franchises, because clearly these teams in this league is making a ton of money or else they wouldn't stay in the business of owning a major league baseball team. Yeah. Like there, there's other owners that are upset by this, and they, they're upset they by Steve a, Cohn shelling out all the yeah, money. They made a, like a, what they make uh, recently. It was a, a well, some kind of committee. In 2020, it came out that uh, if the league stopped and never had fans, they could go on so and pay years. all. It was yeah, three and a half years. They could pay all of what the Major League Baseball salaries were. If, if three and a half years, if the stadiums were empty for three to three and a half years, they could survive. That's without a, anyone coming through. And think about think about when the Dodgers are paying three hundred million. That team could survive for three. That's over a billion dollars just for the Dodgers. It's wild, and that's with no fans coming through. None. Three to three and a half years. I just think that it just shines a light on all the owners are fine with not having the best baseball teams or the best products, not really caring about a winner, and specifically still just all right with printing money and and making a profit. They don't care if their teams stink or not. It takes an owner and a group to come in and say, no, we're going to spend, we're going to be winners, and we're going to take this risk. So ultimately, for what it means for us and the Milwaukee Brewers is if Mark Ananasio wants to have a good baseball team, he'll spend the money, and yeah, people will no, come. He's not going to. The people will definitely come. I mean, they, they come when they're bad. You can go and look right up. Just think if they're good, how much more will come. You can go and look at the Brewers when they've had good seasons, and the Brewer fans are loyal. We know that oh, yeah. that Wisconsin loves baseball. Hands down. They show up. Even when the team's crappy, they hit over 2 million people. When the team's good, they're going over 3 million. Yeah. Imagine if the team 
was coming in the next year as like a bona fide, legit World Series contender. It'd be, like, ever, it'd be like the Padres right now. They have the cap off season tickets. And and instead of me getting a hundred emails a week from them wanting me to buy tickets on a certain day or or buy season tickets or group tickets, the Padres had to shut that off mm-hmm. because people want to go. People want to watch Tatis Jr. This is something the Brewers could potentially do. This the end of the Brewers run is this season. They will have they will go cheap. They will trade all these players. But when you trade a Corbin Burns, you're going to get a ton back for him in prospects. You give it a few more years. So, Rowdy, in 2019, this is before San Diego did their you know their risk reward. San Diego was 14th in attendance. The Milwaukee Brewers in 2019 were eighth in attendance. And then you then you flash forward after 2020 from 2021 and on, San Diego's top five and better in attendance. You go back to 2018, the Milwaukee Brewers are 10th. San Diego is 18th. You go back to 2017, I mean, it just goes to the point of them like risking it and come, you can come in, little man, you can come in. Milwaukee's 10th in 2017. San Diego is 18th again. Have seen, have seen but yeah, you look at just some of when the Brewers were in this window when they were good. 2018, they averaged over 35,000 people a game the stadium's like forty five thousand. yeah in 2019 it was over thirty six thousand, and it was really really high until until 2022 where they really fell off because the team traded away josh Hader. the team went into a a kind of a tailspin at the end of 2022 it, it can't the padres shown that it can be done yeah now when you say small market for padres like that's still the san diego is still like california it's the 25th market and i think there's a big drop off between that and milwaukee but i'm not saying it can't be done but the market is different. and i think as brewer fans it's not even like we're asking for them to be the dodgers or the yankees and to shell out the third most money in baseball but you can't at least humor us when we're in these windows to be a top half team or maybe a top 10 team when you really think you can go for it, yeah. like Mark Ananasio said when he bought the team, <laughs> when they started getting good and winning, it's it's just they basically lied to you. It never came to fruition. And now we're going to go into this year, hope it all aligns. If it doesn't, again, they're going to have to trade those pieces off. But if they do it, I hope they do it right. Strip it all down. And I hope we watch three to four years after this year of terrible baseball where they just stock up on international signings draft picks, prospects, everything, and then go for it in four years. And then when we have a superstar, make sure he doesn't get a haircut where he gets... Or when you have a superstar, lock them up. They don't have any dirty... Sign them to long-term deals. Barber Clippers. Let them be great and surround them with some talent. Yeah. Hey, I love it, Rowdy. I mean, San Diego's showing it. We welcome in Z and the D. What's up, Z? What's up, What's up, dude? How are you? What'd you bring? What'd you got? I got... I told you, a fresca. Oh, what is that? Oh, it is it is Fresca. It's Fresca. Oh, it's a vodka spritz. Oh, fresca. Yeah. Well, well, what are we waiting for? I don't know. You grab the first. All right. Yeah. So I, I've never seen this before. Oh yeah, it came out about a month and a half ago, two months ago. Um, My wife and I were just talking about Fresca on Sunday. So they the, have, we saw some boomers, some old timer walking out with a Fresca. And she's like, I never got the Fresca rage. I'm like, yeah, it's more for like the boomer generation because my stepdad loves it. And uh, he always liked it with Canadian Club. A Fresca and Canadian Club whiskey. Yeah. On the line. So they this have, has got vodka in it. This one has vodka and they have one with tequila. 
tequila. So I was going to get that one just because you were in Mexico, but I didn't know if you got your fix on tequila oh, yet I'll, or not. I'll drink tequila all day, any, every day, but I also love, I just like liquor. So I'll drink. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks for coming in. Rowdy? Uh, I'm good for today. I'm the degenerate here. Ben will never, ever take anything. He hey, won't. it's a seltzer. You could give... You, you could give Ben a, anything he'd ever wanted. And you're like, hey, you want this? He'll say no. It's so bizarre. I don't get it. I don't even think it. You listen to Ben? You want to Ben? Nope. Oh, no, no. <laughs> was, he, was he okay when he was in there? When you were there? He seemed fine. Okay. He, he seemed fine. I think fine. he's turning his notifications on for Jim Leonard News. Probably. Benjamin, Smart. good morning. Hello. How, how, are we this? like a giddy little schoolgirl with Jim Leonard being D- possibly DC, oh. interviewing for DC for the Eagles? I'm excited. I'm w- giddy. Would you like a, a fresca vodka? No thanks. It's a, it's a seltzer. <laughs> I, I'm working late today. It 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 makes me tired. Ben, do you think they ever stop an alcoholic? I'm working late. Well, I'm. I'm they put in the time. Late. Which mm. yeah, it's a weekday. Did I just call myself an alcoholic. Um, I I heard the spiel on the on the Padres. Though. Yeah, what what's your, what's your take? Uh, they lost in the playoffs. Well, at least they got there. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, but the, all, the other thing <laughs> with them in the, the playoffs is like. Well, imagine, what happened to the Phillies? Imagine if they had Tatis all year. Like, where would they have been? Now, obviously, you got popped for PEDs, but clearly, if if that player is playing this and 100%, is that's even a better team than it was. This is really good. It is. I do agree that it, it has to do more with Mr. Mark than the market, than the small market, when it comes to not spending a lot of money. Yeah. They always say, and, Ben, if, and, if you uh, build it, they will come. Well, n- not to bring, I guess it, it's a valid comparison. The Phillies owner recently was quoted of saying, how much money did the 27 Yankees make? How much money did the big red machine make? Nobody remembers that. Yeah. People remember if you win. So that was his thought process. Stephen Cohen is kind of driving all these people If crazy. you win, though, more people well, gravitate towards you and get more money. The funniest well, part it, exactly yeah. about that, what you just said, Ben, is... All the Brewers ever leech onto is 82, and it was a loser. It was a team that lost in the World Series. <clears throat> Imagine the fanfare and all the bandwagon fans that when the, the Brewers were good in 08, a ton of people got on the bandwagon. 11, same thing. 18, you can go right on down the years. 21 going into the playoffs. There were so many people that I knew that were not baseball fans that were wearing Brewer stuff or pumped to go watch the Brewer game. It was crazy. Yeah, And if you're competitive, or at least on paper, it seems like you're going to be competitive and you're good. Maybe you don't win the World Series like the Padres didn't win the World Series. But clearly people were interested and people were, were all in on the Padres. Indeed. And I, I do think Stephen Cohen has kind of broken people's brains. Oh, they're making committees now to oh, try and stop goodness. him. Yeah. Well, the whole reason that the Phillies went nuts is because they saw what Cohen's doing and they have to... like. Otani, you know damn well Otani's going to be a Met. Like, it's horrible. Well, look at look at your division. Phillies are spending money. Mets are clearly spending money. And the Braves locked up every superstar they have for, like, the next five or six years. And they're going to have the ability to spend more money to patch up holes. You have three teams in that division spending crazy money. The Marlins? Good luck trying to keep fans there. You keep your... Five people that show up when you don't spend any money. Hopefully, got deep pockets. Derek Jeter walked away from the franchise because of hey. philosophy differences. Before we hit break, Z, how's your Red Sox looking? Uh, they're 
bullpen and pitching is just ugly. I mean, outside of Chris Sale, and he can't even stay healthy. So when was Chris Sale good last? When he was cutting up jerseys, 2018. When they- I was going to say it's been a while. Well, you got the so Tommy hoping John. he comes back to be good. He is- was like freaking out last year in a in a minor league game. Like like I have I more faith in whiteboard. Christian Yelich finding it this year than Chris Sale finding it this year. Putting a bow. On the small market topic in attendance. Rowdy, you were uh, looking at tennis records. Yeah, so we mentioned when the Brewers were good, people come out to the ball game, people get interested. 2008, the year they acquired CeCe Sabathia and had that magical second half, over 2.8 million people went through the turnstiles. They were eighth in attendance, mm. being one of the smaller markets. 2011, the year with Niger Morgan, T Plush, Ryan Braun. The year that David Fries beat them to go to the World Series. Mm. They finished seventh in the big leagues and had almost 3.1 million people there. Then turn the page to 2018 where they had the Lorenzo Kane signing, the Christian Yelich trade. They were eighth yeah. in attendance and had almost 3 million people there. 2019, the year after, they had just re-signed Moustakis, re-signed uh, Yasmani Grandal, brought back almost the same team from 2018. Again, top 10 in the league for attendance, and also 3 million people went through the turnstiles. 2020, obviously was COVID. 2021, they were in the top 10. Man. And that was, now granted, it was just under 2 million people. But if you remember, half that season, fans weren't really allowed back in. Yeah. 2022, though, when they trade Josh Hader, they go in that tailspin. We saw five to 10,000 people there in September. It really fell off. They yeah, finished they in, $6 vouchers. Yeah, finished in 14th, still had 2.5 million people. Imagine if they actually would have traded for legit players and went for it. That they would have been, been closer to 3 million people, too. Yeah. When the Brewers are good, people come out. 